everyone who asks will receive, and everyone who seeks will find, yes. and everyone who knocks will have the door open. Hey, Jesus man. made it clear that it's everyone who wants it. Hey, man. and welcome to a holiday special episode of the Gonzo Bible Study. Uh, as you can tell, my co-host today is slightly more attractive. Um, <laughs> well, okay, maybe a little more than slightly. No, but, no, no. <laughs> uh, this is my mother, uh, Jackie Clark. She has been a pastor's wife for over 40 years. We're not going to say the exact number, um, but it's... <laughs> Almost 50. <laughs> <laughs> Almost 50. Um, and so she has some insights as to what it's like to, to, to be a celebrate the Christmas season. She's the one who taught me everything about Christmas, obviously. And she's the one that kind of becomes Mother Christmas to our family. You know, she's, she's the, she's the uh, saint of the season, as it were, in, in our family. And we want to talk a little bit about... Christmas traditions and Christmas trees and nativities and nutcrackers and everything that seems to be a part of Christmas here in the United States and and some of the experiences we've had in Europe and, and different things like that. But what Christmas is all about, but also how we as Christians need to be a little less timid about celebrating Christmas alongside of all of our friends, no matter what their beliefs are. That there's joy to be felt and there's joy to be had by all during this special season. And that's also, we're, we're a Merry Christmas family. We're not a Happy Holidays family. We're not a, you know, Best Wishes family. But we are a Merry Christmas family because we do believe that this season is a time to celebrate the Emmanuel. It's a time to celebrate the Noel, the, the, the birth of Christ, the coming of the Savior, the, the, the deliverance presented in the form of a babe you know it's it's one of those times of the year where we just get to feel the joy and the revelry of humanity's salvation um just born just the, the beginning of his story the beginning of what would be 33 years of blessing followed by a redemption and a restoration and an adoption of humanity by god through faith and and so uh, here we sit in my mother's living room in front of my favorite christmas tree uh here here at her house she has one in every room of the house uh we'll see some other decorations after a bit but we want to start right here mom and and you know one of the things you know what you know we've always been you and i especially have always been christmas bug people you know right. i know i caught it from you um but the thing, and I even have a poinsettia tattooed here on my arm because it was one of the things that really spoke to me first when I think back on my childhood and all that was it's the beauty of the, the deep reds and the, mm -hmm. and the, the flowers and all yes. those type of things. What is it? Why, why is the poinsettia the Christmas flower of choice in your opinion? Like why is it one of the key decoration items here on this tree? Well, um... I got to, red, of course, is Christmas to me, and, and so there we went with the poinsettia, but um, when I went on a mission trip, I went down to Brazil with um, a dear friend. Um, we went to um, teach children, um, and missionary children, in fact, um, 
And coming back, we stopped in um, Brasilia at a missionary's home, and they had a poinsettia tree, a bush. Mm -hmm. Robert, it was bigger than this room. It was huge. It was huge. Oh, and wow. this is middle of um, July. And the, and the blossoms, the leaves that formed the bloom, they were just gorgeous. They were just gorgeous. I couldn't, you know, the, the Christmas flower, the star of, of the show. Mm -hmm. it, just, it just spoke to me. I just loved it, you know. So um, I imagine you saw more and more poinsettias in our home after then. You know, that was the middle 90s. So I, throughout your childhood, they just became more and more <laughs> in decorations. I just love them. And I, of course, I want the red ones. I just, I right. just love them. I just love them, Robert. What do you think... I think for for me at least, like the the red and Christmas, mm -hmm. is that a for Christians is that a morbid sentiment to to connect the birth to the death? Is the red you know because I, I feel like it's an acknowledgement of the right. sacrifice that's coming. It's a, it's an acknowledgement of what the gift of this child will be. Right. It's the blood covering and the, the offering of salvation that he the reconnection. The, the covering of our sins, the washing white as snow. I think right. that's part of the reason why we connect even snow to the, the purity of, of that as well right. in our songs and everything. It, is that a, it, do you find that to be a, a dour sentiment or a, or a morbid sentiment? Or is it, is it something that just kind of naturally is befitting the story of Christmas? Well, just like the evergreen tree, it represents life. So does blood. Right. You know, a baby comes through blood to us. Mm -hmm. And we know mm -hmm. that a blood sacrifice was necessary. Mm -hmm. So it, it's kind of victorious instead of morbid. Mm. You know, I like um, that. we've got to have it. We had to. We had to have something that would take care, would atone for our sins, because we're all sinners. We had to have something, and what better than pure, pure blood? It wasn't tainted. It right. was, you know, and it was sacrificed for us. So, yet, yeah, your dad, his favorite season is Easter. Right. You know, he, 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 that's his season. Course, I'm about got him one over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it right. had to have a beginning, right? You know, right? So, no, I think I, I, and and red, you know, I don't use red any other place in our home. Red isn't one of my favorite colors at all to decorate mm -mm. with, no. except Christmas, yeah. And somehow it seems right, it just, it seems, just right. seems right. Let me ask you this, and this is something that you can speak to better than Dad or I could, but when we talk about Christmas, we have key players, and of course we'll talk about that a little more when we talk about the nativity scene, but one of the things I wanted to ask you, and, I, and, I, it's been, and I've been thinking about it lately, is Mary. Uh-huh. As a woman, you have a, a better understanding, and I don't, I don't mean that to sound sexist, no, but, I but, know, I know. but as a mother... And who's gone through multiple pregnancies, and and as and as a woman and everything, what? How do you feel, Mary? What were the? Do you think there were 
multiple seasons of this pregnancy and different emotional times and spiritual times through the initial pregnancy of Jesus that then culminated culminated in Christmas and culminated in the birth of, of Christ. What do you think were the, the different mindsets or the different experiences spiritually she may have had or experiences that you can kind of just kind of work through with us for a minute? Well, you know, we're talking about a teenage girl. We're talking about probably 14-ish, 15-ish. That's that was that was that was the tradition then of being engaged and preparing for marriage and all that. Mm -hmm. And have this this announcement given to her and she's still living at home with mom and dad and she has to go in and tell mom and dad what she's been told. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. You know, when I got to tell my mom and dad, it was after your father and I had been married a couple years, and it was a joyous time. And I'm sure in Mary's, Mary was probably, we get Mary's story, or Mary's feelings when she's speaking to God. And she's saying, uh, this is over my head. This is just unreal. But God, if this is what you want, I'm willing. Now she gets to start sharing it. She shares it. She has to share it with her parents. She has to share it with her family, and she goes and shares it with Elizabeth, her cousin, and 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 in there, there's another miracle happening in Elizabeth's life. And she, so I can't imagine what she went through. Her, my experience as a woman, physically, you know, I can I I can remember all the pregnancies I went through, and and. Um, the excitement, the joy, the being frightened, you know, I, we're going to have a baby. I'm going to be responsible for this little thing, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I, it's not something you can do and then walk away. You're stuck. I right. mean, you're stuck with whatever this little creature is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, by the time we got to you, it's like, oh, well, <laughs> but I, so, you say, you know, as a woman, what, what was she ex experiencing? I can't imagine what she was experiencing. You know, she, she was overwhelmed, but at the same time, the, I just, it's kind of like Mark Lowry, who is a Christian singer, says, Mary, did you know? Did yeah. you know that baby you're holding? If you, if you hadn't been willing, uh -huh. You know, he is her redemption, and she doesn't even, you know, Mary, did you know, you know, you gave life to him, but he's going to really give you life, you know. You know, it's fascinating, cause, and it's funny how it hit me when you said that, that her response was, this is more than I can bear or understand. That's right. But if it's your will, okay. Yeah. Echoes directly to the garden. Yeah. It echoes directly to her son. <laughs> That's right. The son of God. Because at that point, when he's kneeling on the mountain, he's still her son. That's right. And he has the same response. And you can't help but see, yes, it's he's being faithful to God's calling on his life. He knows who he is. He knows what he's about to do. But at the same time, there ha there's an echoing of the heart of Mary in that, in that garden scene. That's right. Because it's like... I don't want to do this, but if this is your will, let it be. And, That's and, right. 
you you see the heart there. I think it echoes the mother's heart. It echoes the that just that sacrifice of self. That and and I think those are the those are some of the attributes that probably is why God chose Mary is Absolutely. because she could nurture him in the way of grace mm -hmm. and and of mm -hmm. sacrifice That's in right. a way that. Maybe no one else at the time was fitted to do. We don't, right. you know, there's a reason he chose Mary. That's right. You she know. was, it was at the appointed time. That's right. You know, and so when you say, Mom, red is that morbid, that, you know, the sacrifice. Look at that. Look mm. what it does. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he, even Jesus, the humanity of Jesus, which it took, it took him to become human. Right. And then he sacrificed. He went to the garden and gave us his blood on the cross. Red is perfect at Christmas. You Red know? is perfect at Christmas. That's right. That's awesome. That's right. All right, now for the elephant in the room, or should I say the nutcrackers. <laughs> uh, the, the, other key, the other key item here, coupled with the beautiful poinsettia yeah. flower that you see all over this tree are nutcrackers. Yeah. And of course the nutcracker uh, ballet and musical has become synonymous with Christmas. That's right. All over. Um, but what is it that drew you to Nutcrackers? Like, why why are Nutcrackers part of how I celebrate the holiday season? Like that? <laughs> well, I think that that comes into our history as far as a family and believing um, in the specialty of Christmas. Um, our time in, it spent in Germany. You were a child. You spent most of your elementary years in German schools, but the influence that had came through the Nutcrackers. Okay. You know? so, okay. So that's yeah. kind of your heritage. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we'll talk about this a little more as we get back to one of your other trees. Um, but it's so important to not take Christmas away from children. That's right. You know, and, and I, you know, your don't let your, don't let your, your churchiness or your, your <laughs> Christian tradition steal childhood joy. That's right. You know, find a way. Now there again, there may be things in your life and things about the way the, the world celebrates Christmas that you want to navigate around with your children. There are some things you know about my children that that we have chosen to handle certain ways and and you know I, I want mom and I to speak to that a little later um, but make sure that the holidays don't become a time where people think about all the things they couldn't do or couldn't have or couldn't participate in strictly for the sake of of proving a point Dog, dogma should not be part of joy. I, I don't. I don't think that's what Christ taught. I don't think that's the message that was brought by the Emmanuel. That that we should be so legalistic and so entrenched in our beliefs that we start stealing joy from others. Rather, quite the opposite. I believe we should stand firm in what we believe, but we should do so with joy in our hearts, love on our lips. And and a a smile and a and a greeting, you know, you know, rather than when somebody says, well, you know, happy holidays, you say, we don't say that, we say Christmas. No. I only bring that up because I want you to say, no, Merry Christmas. 
you. That should be the response. It shouldn't be any kind of antagonism. Don't be the grunt. If, if you're a believer this season, season, let me challenge you. Don't get frustrated in the lines. Don't get aggravated. Don't start arguing with people at the stores. In fact, be the sacrificial shopper if you can. <laughs> you know, we participate, the Gonza Bible Study has participated in something called Operation Christmas Child this year. And if you'd like to join us in that, you can go to our website and there's a link there to be a part of that. And our churches have participated in that. And all that that does is it's, it's a shoebox full of hygiene items and toys that are coupled with a story of joy that are coupled with a story of victory. So yeah, it's a red and green box. The blood's the topper. And the evergreen box that represents the eternal salvation. What those shoe boxes are, they're presented to children all across the globe to provide them a moment's joy. And yeah, the child's gonna be overjoyed with, with the you know, Spider-Man doll or the teddy bear or the mermaid or whatever it is that they pull out of that box. But the thing that'll be the lasting thing, the thing that will change their life is the fact that in a season when they expected nothing because they have nothing, love brought them a gift. So this season, make sure you're a part of the joy that's putting it back to children and giving joy to children and adults and your family. Man, remember that this is a season of peace and hope and love. It's a fun time. It's a season of joy. That's right. So let's go take a look at some of the other decorations we have here. What is it about the nativity scene, do you think, that is so universal for everyone? Why is it that this is the iconography or this is the, the visual that accompanies the Christian story of Christmas? Okay, when we're talking history, and, and the nativity represents history, a, 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 a certain time back yonder, mm -hmm. 2,000 years, let's say. Um, when I think of history, I have I get pictures in my mind mm -hmm. don't I wish I could see every piece of history that I think about in a in in focus in a picture okay. it's not always possible but this particular time mm -hmm. this history lesson we know the players we know there was a woman expectant we know there was a man filing taxes we know there were shepherds in the field. We know there were some astronomers traveling from the east going west watching the stars. We know all the elements of this picture, these pictures. It just, when I look at them, it reminds me, in all of these pictures, God was thinking of me. It took that woman it took that man, it took those kings, it took that shepherd, it took the angels to make the story for me to know that he was willing to come from heaven down to earth because of me. 
because of you. He did it for us. And so when I look at any nativity, I think it was for me. How personal can it be? I, this story was for me, individually. Me, corporately, with my friends, my family, my church, the world. But it was for me. That's why I have them. Okay, so I, I like that because what it does is, it, it, far before the, the political correct movement or, or all these things, what we have, especially represented in your nativity collection, is every culture takes the story and the origin of, of Christ come his birth, mm -hmm. takes the nativity story, makes it personal, makes it their own. And That's right. you know, one of the things I think a lot of times people complain about the overarching classical representations of oh, Christ sure. is the fact that he's always the, the white guy, toned white sure. guy, beautiful man, you right. know, in whatever he is. But I, and I think one of the things that's so beautiful about the nativities for me is that especially when you look at all the different versions of it from every part of the world that we've been able to collect or you have over the years is the fact that a baby as universal in appearance as babies can be you right, know right. You know, we always make the joke they all look like little old men until That's they right. get some, except some our distinct, babies well, yeah. <laughs> We're a little biased. That's but, right. <laughs> but it's one of those things where, it, the like you say, it's that personal connection. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that, no, it, it it means something to to my world, to, to where I'm at. Um, and it's a gift to, to humanity. Where do you come down on the, the idea or the concept of the inclusion in the wise men in the nativity display? as far as that goes. I mean, we know that they are part of the story in different ways, but we know that they did not, well, we've been able to ascertain through historical right. research that right. they weren't present in Bethlehem. Right. They didn't show up, you know, day one of Jesus's life from what we can gather through all the, like you said, all the records, but we know they were a vital part of it. If it weren't for them, would would Jesus have made it throughout childhood into adulthood? Because you remember the existing king of that area was having all the babies killed. All the male babies under two years of old years of age were killed. Mm -hmm. So Mary and Joseph had to do something about this. You know, they they had to leave. The wise men, the three kings is how we refer to them. Was it three men? We don't know for sure. We, we know that there were three specific gifts, specific gifts <laughs> given. Um, and those three gifts provided income for Mary and Joseph to leave their home, leave their city, leave their county, their state, their country, go into a foreign land and live for a number of years so that Jesus lived. If he had stayed at home, he would have been killed. So God foresaw the need for them to have substance. So that's how we can bring them into the story. They were very much a part of Jesus's childhood. Plus, they were um, adding authenticity of history 
of a, a specific time. You know, you, you go back in history and you'll find out there was something happening in the heavens. And they, they, we've got their record. I love the fact that when we, when we talk about the nativity story and we talk about the star um, and we talk about the astrological signs that were leading to the birth mm -hmm. that brought these mm -hmm. men out of the Far East, uh, strictly based on research and right. strictly based on what they knew you know they weren't they weren't uh, subject to the to the Hebrew faith. They weren't subject to the prophecies of Isaiah or uh, or Ezekiel or any of those. Right, they right. were they were strictly coming based on foretold signs that would lead to right. the birth of a king. And what's fascinating about that for me is the fact that we we look at these scenes and we look at this how the first herald the first the first joy. In, in all of the cosmos and all of creation of the ch of the birth and the the human birth of mm -hmm. Christ mm -hmm. are the lights that were created there on the first and second day of creation right and like the the, the nature in the the things that existed from uh -huh. the beginning of the cosmos uh -huh. those are the things that were the first things to acknowledge his coming to earth and it wasn't the G, it wasn't the Jewish people mm -mm. that were first to see it happening. No, it was not non-believers. I guess is how I'd refer to them, coming from afar, and they were in route, and they were watching the heavens, and they knew something was going on, and we were too busy paying taxes and and doing all the things that were happening in Jerusalem and in Bethlehem at that time of year and didn't even know what was happening. Mm -hmm. something, something special was going on and the heavens were screaming at us and we were busy going about life, everyday life. Ooh, that could almost convict you if we're too busy caught up in our doctrine and our tradition right. to see how the Spirit's moving creation. That's right. How, you know, we need to be cautious that we're that we're constantly being cognizant of mm -hmm. what God is revealing to us. That's right. Instead of the task at hand, sometimes the task at hand can blind us to what the Spirit's trying to move. And especially in this season of of Christmas, the Nativity reminds us mm -hmm. of. All the things that came to pass, the angels appearing, the shepherds then coming in, and and just the blessing of even some straw and some hay and a simple manger for Christ to be born into and be laid to rest out of the out of the cold of the desert, out of the you know the frigid the evening, night, sure. yeah, out of the evening. No matter what time of year it is, the nights in the desert get cold. Anybody, that's right. You know, that's right. You know, you were you were born in the desert. That's you know, right. You know what that's about. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that, that it gets. It's one of those things. It it's fascinating to me when I look at the nativities and when I stay, sit here and look at the ones from Africa and Mexico and Jerusalem and 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 Peru and and Europe and and, and I, I see these different representations. I see the same Savior. The same Savior. The same, and the same people are in it. Yeah. You, you know, it didn't matter where, like you said, we're not all Renaissance um, and uh, <laughs> of the pale faces. Right. You know, 
but they're all they're all there you know and like we were saying we were they were all too busy and the shepherds were out doing their thing out in the fields whatever shepherds do at night to keep the sheep safe <laughs> safe <laughs> and and uh, and it took angels actually you know hey hey, hey guys <laughs> look this is happening you know to the angels tooting the horns and singing and saying there is something going on pay attention you know so that's what the the actual nativity pieces mean to me you know that yeah it's awesome it's all awesome and it was all for you and for me and and god cared enough he um you know we we tend to talk in pictures mm -hmm. and we teach in pictures and we learn in pictures so that's why i have so many nativities we we have fun collecting them and and they're from all over you know because every culture jesus came to every people jesus came to every person jesus came for yeah because while we're not all Baroque, we're all broke. That's <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry. Sorry. The puns, the puns had to roll. I'm sorry. But, yes. uh, oh, it's so great. You know, we've talked some about all the different ways that people celebrate Christmas and all the different ways that people interact during the holidays and how important it is that families be together and those type of things during the holidays. And so here as we sit at this tree, um, you know, we've, we've, we've seen some other trees and some other decor stuff that we've used here in our home right. and, and in our traditions and all that. but. This one's fun because we have a little more of just kind of the secular Christmas tradition in this room. Like, right, in, in, right. in my opinion, like when I look at this, like this feels a little more like what people are accustomed to when they think about Christmas. Right. Like, you know, right. you have the popcorns and the, the cranberries and teddy bears and candy canes and all this snowmen even. There's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a leather snowman. He never melts. <laughs> But it's it's one of those things where you know we, we have a lot of those things in this room. How how can if if we're if we're kind of talking about well where does where does Christmas tradition and secular tradition fit in with our beliefs during Christmas time? Where where's the intersection and where are we kind of moving into dangerous territory in your opinion with that? Well, we've got to remember that we're, we we. Our family consists not only of us adults that that um, you know can reason things out. We've got kids in our family. We've got little. We've got them from diapers up to you know mid twenties. But but so the kids need to. Uh, this is fun. This is right. and and you know the mittens 
if the snow, the bells, that's all just growing up. That's just, and it's just everyday life. You know, um, just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I quit my, I, I quit functioning as a person in a secular world. Yeah, okay. Okay? Yeah. So I, I, when it snows, I need mittens and you know, I do, I, these things are real things. Squirrels are in the trees. It's not secular, it's <laughs> nature, you know? Okay, yeah, it's there again. <laughs> you there know? again. So, so why wouldn't I have things that thrill the kids? Right. My children. And of course, some of these ornaments are even older than you are, but, <laughs> but, um, why wouldn't I have things? You know, I'm not saying children now don't you you know don't you think you can wear mittens because they're they're evil well that's not true right you know it's winter time you wear mittens right you know and they're in the reds and greens that we celebrate the season with that's one of the seasons that right. you know so it's just our everyday fun tree that the kids can associate to yeah well you know, it's the fun part of Oh well, you're wearing a red toboggan during Christmas. You must you must immediately be celebrating Santa Claus as part right. of that. And it's fun that I like how you talk about the fact that this tree is full of things that are part of the real world, and they're full of things that are part of the celebration of the right. season. Right. Like I feel like that's one of the things too. The church in in our tradition and in our doctrine sometimes we get too hung up on condemning things right. rather than saying, you know what. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior. Red being part of the Christmas season is should be a natural thing. That's right. That should be naturally just part of what we're celebrating. Right. You know? We're not sterile people. I didn't become a Christian and suddenly get sterile. Right. You know? Right. I'm not, I'm not, um, I, I'm just part of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't let the world, you know, I don't want to dwell in worldly things, but I still, yeah. Everyday life goes on with us, you know. Mm -hmm. Now I can monitor some of the influences, such as you know. Um, well, we talked about it with our, with uh, your children, right? Well, especially your three-year-old, yeah. Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. We don't dwell on Santa Claus, but we know he's seen it everywhere he looks. It's on every channel of the TV. So why not deal with it? Make him a superhero, yeah. but not. The true meaning of Christmas, nice. you know. So, will you find Santa Clauses in my house? Probably not. I avoid them, but I'm not going to avoid the discussions. I'm not going to deny he's everywhere, right? Because society's putting him everywhere, right? Exactly. You know? And is he based on a real person? Is he based on what is considered a Christian saint? Absolutely. The person of Saint Nicholas is a beautiful example about how the love of Christ in a person can lead to a gift. That's right. You know, and that's always, like, one of my favorite parts of Christmas, uh, to give you a little bit uh, here of our family, is mom always does stockings for us. You'll see a red stocking hanging hanging behind mom, and it's not a an echo of the, the secular tradition necessarily, but it's an echo of the origin story of St. Nicholas. Because the, the blessing he gave those families, the dowry he blessed those those young ladies with that otherwise they couldn't have gotten married and had families, he did so by filling little sacks and setting them on a sill 
in the you know taking no credit for it you know except that you know people were able to reason out where the blessing came from right right but it's it's echoing that same thing and of course our stockings every year seem to be the the brunt of us adults that's you know <laughs> that's right. we, we get into some candy exchanges amongst my brothers and I and and, and that's where they're, they're, that's the the almost the thing that brings some of the most fun activity joy on Christmas Day is, right. is getting into those stockings That's and right. digging trying in to and hide finding. what you got in yours that you know <laughs> no one needs to know about yeah. <laughs> I want that piece of chocolate or I yeah. but yeah that's right so why not have fun with it it's our season let's enjoy it right you know yeah. and it's and you know why do I decorate well, in fact, um, I decorated. There's a tree in every room in the house, but why do I decorate late November and and into December? Because it is a season. It's not a day. It's a season. Right. We want to celebrate all the aspects of Christmas that we can, mm -hmm. you know. And so, the, yeah, the trees are part of it. Yeah, the tree didn't start out um, to be a Christian. You know, symbol, but it, no. but um, we as Christians have taken. We know that our Savior died on a tree. Let's right? See. Yeah. So let's go so, off this. That's right. You know, so um, providing eternal life, which is why we celebrate on an evergreen. That's right. You know, that's right. That's, it's that, life. It's life. And you know, I, one of the things I love about this tree, and I'm not sure how much we can see on camera or not, but some of the more zany things, uh, the <laughs> colors, of course, the, the very Grinchy color and the joy. And some of the other things uh, always take me to a kind of a Zeusian character. Uh, so naturally, I think about the Grinch. And although the Grinch is not a Christian story, although the, the, it is, is, you know, Dr. Seuss did a fabulous job of creating a story that kind of teaches about the real joy of Christmas not being intangible things, but being in the community spirit. Right. What I love about that story, and part of the reason why it's a tradition that we watch it a lot in my home, is the fact that the Grinch finds love in community and it, it expands his heart it right. expands his capacity to understand right and i think that's the one thing we we as christians can take hold of is that you can use these these secular things to kind of teach real truths that if we get the christmas story on the inside of us what it does is it expands our capacity to understand love to right. understand how Oh, it could be fun and uh, to to have a meal together. You know, we, we always talk about here how the scripture teaches us: don't do not neglect the gathering together with That's each right. other. That's right. You know, th here recently we just had our Thanksgiving meal at church, where we gathered together. We broke bread. There was no there was no devotion. There was no sermon brought. But it was just a time of fellowship. Right. And that's why when you say it's a season of Christmas, I think that's the joy of it, mm -hmm. is having things that draw people together. That's Whether right. it's bright lights and carols, uh -huh. or if it's meals, or if it's family reunions, um, it's just a time of joy where we gather around the common cause of Christ's birth. That's right. It, That's it's, right. You know, because it's the Emmanuel. It's the Noel. That's you know, my, my my youngest daughter is a is a Christmas season child. So her middle name is Noel because we want to celebrate the fact that she is brought she was brought into this world in a season of joy. That's right. You That's know, right. and I think I think that doesn't it doesn't negate what Noel means. It doesn't it doesn't. I'm not co-opting it for whatever. I'm just celebrating mm -hmm. in the season mm -hmm. a new life. That's right. 
you know, a new life that changes my life in certain ways. But the Christmas season is all about the life that changed it, everyone's life. Exactly. You know. That's right. What what I get so, so, I, I, you know, I hear people a lot of times talk about how, well, Christians should focus more on Easter than Christmas. And while yes, Easter's when when he sacrificed and died and rose again, and it's the it is the culmination of the Christ story, we forget sometimes that Christmas is a sacrificial time. That's right. Because he gave up his seat next to the Father. He gave up Godhood to become a man. Well, he is Emmanuel. He he became a man. His humanity was born. Yeah. You know. We've got to have that. We have to realize he was real. He became a man for us. Yeah. He was he was willing to leave everything. Whatever whatever heaven is 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 in its um in its majesty and throne mm-hmm. and everything. And he looked at that and he says, No, they're more precious than that. Let me do this for them. And it required mm-hmm. him to become a man. He, Emmanuel with us mm-hmm. you know with without that there wouldn't have been Easter you know? ah, we this ha- is, the, be- this is right. the beginning of the Easter season that's right it is. <laughs> you know, this is day one <laughs> day, day one you know and and yes have we have, have we in the Christian world have we co-opted a a pagan season of the solstice and all that to celebrate Christmas time. Well, absolutely, because what it what what we're doing is just like in, in many other things that we've co-opted over the years, and is we're taking something that is familiar and using it as a way to teach that That's which is right. not. You know, one of one of the things. You know, um, I try not to a lot to bring attention to my tattoos, but I am heavily tattooed, so it's. It's, it's part of it. Is one of the things I have tattooed right here is a three-leaf clover, and you probably can't see that on your TV. But the reason I have a three-leaf clover tattooed here is because I don't. It's not a luck thing. What it is is that Saint Patrick, one one of those awesome uh, men of the church that that helped, you know, bring bring faith and 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 truth to a lot of people, used the the tradition of the searching for the four-leaf clover. And he used that to teach them that, well, the three-leaf clover is a representation of, of the three-in-one. It's a representation of a unity of three separate things that becomes a single flower. It's the unity of Christ. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that together is, is a symbol of, of green life. It is a symbol of, of vitality. It's a symbol of, of unity and, and everlasting life when accepted and and a realization of that. So it's one of those things where you can take something that is very meaningful to a people and very common to a people and you can bring and you can bring new life to it. You can bring the word into it. You know, we always talk about on the Gonzo Bible study how you're to read the word and ride the ride. Our slogan, our very slogan that we use on this show all the time is a co opted phrase from Hunter S. Thompson. Those of you that are familiar with, with the you know, gonzo journalist, the inventor of the gonzo movement, know that as far as him and Christianity, they couldn't be further apart. However, a lot of his methodologies and a lot of what he did and his understanding of humanity helped influence me throughout my, my studies and everything else. And, and his, his, his outlook on life gave me, gave me pause and gave me a better understanding of humanist philosophy as well. 
But what we've done is we have co-opted something that is familiar and breathed God into it. Mm-hmm. We've, we, because what we, what we can't do is pretend like God lives in a bubble of the church building. Because he doesn't. Yeah. He lives in the temples, which are his body, which are his believing body, which is the church. Has nothing to do with a facility. It's a people. The church is a people. That's and during right. the holiday season, where are you going to find people? You're going to find them gathered around hearths. That's and right. And you're going to find them gathered around trees and gathered around the lights of the season. That's right. You know, we al- we took something that wasn't Christian mm-hmm. and made an object lesson out of it. Yes. How do you teach children? Object lessons. How do you teach adults? Object lessons. <laughs> yeah. And we allowed, we took all the colors, we took all the the exciting and, ex, you know, the meals, the caroling and all this, yeah. and we made them an object lesson to point to the Savior. That's right. Because he was born. Yeah. Probably not in December, but that's okay. <laughs> he doesn't mind. No, you know, doesn't. if you want to celebrate my birthday, not in January where it is, if you want to make it November, that's fine with me. You remembered me. That's what's important. You remembered me. You remembered me. And so we take and make object lessons for the children, for us as adults, to point to the Savior. That's what it's all about. Because he did come, Emmanuel, to us. That's why I have a tree in every room. It's exciting. (laughs) It's exciting. That's right. It's it's joy. (laughs) It's joy. That's right. It's the season. It's the season. That's awesome.